This is the Energizing India podcast. More often than not on this program, we speak with people who are bringing to India a brilliant idea or a technology from overseas. Today, our show is laced with a subtle difference, and we speak with the founder and CEO of a company that is swimming furiously against the trend. Whilst the market is flooded with copies of Chinese electric scooters being assembled by a myriad of companies in India, this company is making a fast, furious, and a sexy electric motorcycle. But more importantly, they make their own electric motor and drivetrain. They do not import this from China and are making a world-class product for consumers designed and made here in India. India is one of the biggest exporters of two-wheelers globally, and this company aims to disrupt the entrenched legacy players who have been dominating this export market for decades. Kapil, what a brilliant day it is to welcome you to our Artemis studio in Pune. Thank you. Thank you, Ravin. Thank, thanks for having me here. Kapil, you are the founder and CEO of Talk Motors, a company you founded in 2016 with the goal of producing high-performance electric vehicles in India. Your experience with electric vehicles, in fact, began in college when you led a team to create an electric motorbike for racing against the best in the world at the Isle of Man TT and the TTX GP in the United Kingdom. You are, in fact, still the only Indian to have achieved podium position at the Isle of Man TT. <laughs> From building high-performance race bikes to now the launch of Kratos, an aspirational electric motorcycle, how did you end up here? Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's accidental. So I, so I never wanted to start up. I, I've seen my dad uh, do his own business, ground up, no funding. So I, I was like, okay, this is very hard. Just go uh, get a job and life would be simple. Uh, but when I realized, so there's one, so one factor of, let's say, a small thing that I always want to do is, uh, mo I love motorcycles and I also love technology. So marrying them both became electric motorcycles. And that's how I was doing for, let's say, fun. So all this is fun. Let's say TTX GP and TT and working with the Chinese, still making money while uh, they're spending the money and I'm actually making motorcycles for them. So it's all fun. But I think whenever I used to come back to India, I used to see there is a stark difference of what I tell people as what I do and what they were driving here in India. So they were driving at 25 kilometers per hour, let's say a scooter, and I was building 200 kilometers per, per hour electric motorcycle. So there was, in my head, I was like, how do I explain it to them? And uh, and sometimes I, I also thought that people don't know what we can build as Indians. So I was doing that for somebody else. I was like, Are kar sakte, but why don't we do it for India and do we have a market here? So I also built a couple of prototypes, as you rightly mentioned, T4 and T5. And that sort of set a precedent and people said, I want to buy it. I also mentioned a price in some video and said, I am okay to buy at this price. And I said, okay, let's do a, let's at least make a prototype or a functional team who can make a vehicle that you can sell. And that's how it started. That's why the T6X came. And the moonshot to that was when we make the DC because I had all built these motorcycles by buying components from European companies or Chinese companies and all that. I said, let's build everything in India. Understanding that you do that in India, the price point is not going to be of what you want to do. And uh, I think that's how was that's how the ideology of T6X was born. But we took a 
a moon shot i will say that's the word is i want to build everything in india i want to build the motors in india i want to build battery in india and the bms and the chargers and everything and the motorcycle also and that's i think the first 4 5 years after 2016 were built on let's build the motor in india spend some time there and all that and all that i think luckily we survived the covid and i think kratos was born so you're different in many ways because you're not importing a motor drive terrain from uh, china uh, you're adi probably the only company in india that makes its own electric drive train and electric motor yes yes i think so Um, that, that's not a good thing why is it not a good thing <laughs> because you need more people to make uh, parts in india understand until you have you need to have an ecosystem where people can give you see i am the only let's say i'm only building what technology what i need but there is somebody who's building for somebody else actually doing it better than us and if we can sell it a, and actually making for lot more people the price point of that technology will come down effectively the price point of the product that you're selling will come down if you're doing it only for you then it is the scale is my my limitation is the limitation of the product price point so today given that so many people are importing there might be one or two others who are who have the same aspiration as you to make everything in india but i haven't quite got there yet what would you say as a founder needs to happen in the ecosystem so that india is self reliant on electric motors batteries battery battery pack bms so we've been through a journey so the first journey was we it's an ideation phase so you have to spend time so people have to spend time on r&d more and there is that might not be an outcome so i think this ideology has to change in india that you have to spend money on a predetermined idea which might fail i think that is not there in india yet because everybody put everybody put money where there is more money to be made but in r&d it doesn't work like that so i think we learned the hard way that you don't you can't just i think there were about 30 odd iterations before we said oh this motor might go and Uh, actually work on a motorcycle and that took time and money and there was a predetermined outcome that we had to set on and lucky that we have good investors and they were like supporting but i don't think that is true for everybody else and that that has that needs to change and also i think we need to build great products i think that has to change we can't just say oh the price point is this and that is what i have to build the product for no actually the customer doesn't know what you can build and if it is a good quality better quality a little higher price you'll actually buy so uh, so you and you need to build great products uh, regardless of the price you might fail see failing is one option that you have to take with you and then let's see how it goes do you reckon in your opinion there's low barriers to entry in the ev space for two wheelers because of the myriad of companies that are now operating particularly when you see how long it took the first set of companies in this business to launch and then how they were overtaken so quickly by others that were cashed up a very good gentleman told me one day that you have only two things to you can spend one is time and money second is money so i think you have to decide what you have to uh, both have their advantages and disadvantages so let's say you spend time you know what to do build tomorrow if you spend money you might not know what do you do with the product tomorrow and you will have to still find a way tomorrow let's say that's tomorrow is 2025 and 2024 and you will have to build your own product because the customer won't stop at one he will demand more from you so i think both approaches are good I'm not saying there's something wrong with uh, both the approaches. I like the first one. Spend time, so you have a uh, great team who knows what to do. You have a culture that knows how to build products, and then when you have to change uh, as per customer demand, because there is there is going to be a customer who is going to say, "Oh, I want this," and you want to change uh, pretty soon. 
and then you know there's a team who can go back and you can just tell them and things should happen uh, energy free so i think both approaches uh, work it's just that what you take uh, you live with it so let's talk about um, talk then and the cartos the uh, the the uh, motorcycle you launched you launched it 12 months ago 700 on the road now um how is that journey been are you happy where are you at uh, what's the future look like for we want to go faster that i mm -hmm. think that that's the predetermined head space that we are working on but we also don't want to go wrong with the product that we are building so we need some testing time make sure in whatever cities that we are entering uh, the vehicles are been uh, the customer likes it there's no problem with the vehicle there are no teething issues then there are no software bugs the servicing is right so from a customer point of view the approach that we have taken is sort of a customer approach and said he has to be happy first even if it is let's say a thousand people but treat them like family and once you have the product uh, with all the knowns and unknowns solved then scale up so you're a gutsy entrepreneur right everybody's pushed to go fast you've seen that for, with all of the big launches that came out of bangalore they went mm. too fast too quick and in, in in some instances there were some hiccups on on their customer journey and you're being solid much like christopher columbus knowing that all you need to do is go west and go at your pace and you'll get to the promised <laughs> land um what are the sorts of things that you're testing for and how has that test process been have has your hypothesis been proved correct yes the customer is not yet happy let's say <laughs> <laughs> so we still have to get there in terms of say uh so i think from a product perspective i think we have a very good space but from a process perspective how does it come for service and what happens and how is the issue resolved and does it resolve in one day or two hours i think these are some very small small issues that you might not look when you're actually expanding too fast and what's happening and uh, so i think that is where we are focusing on more so if if you think i believe it's a it's a marathon mm. so it it will take time uh, you might actually uh, get where you want to get so it's because it's a marathon it's a 20 year race doesn't matter if you are uh, losing out the first year but there is another 19 years that you have to sort of catch up so kapil you talked about uh, all of the elements that you've done and what's unique about this industry is that everybody goes through that journey you know they end up going i reckon i'm going to need to make my own battery pack mm -hmm. and so you've got a, a unique battery now that you're going to have presently importing cells hopefully you'll get them from india but you're having Eventually, to make yeah. your own battery yeah. pack as you said it's ip67 because of the unique conditions we have in india do you think that this is a temporary leap that most ev companies have to make which is to make their own battery pack or do you think this is going to be a permanent long term scenario simply because a lot is dependent on your battery pack isn't it and therefore most ev companies are going to end up continuing to develop that competence and improve their competence i think you want fundamentally if you want to control the outcome Uh, then you have to control the input and if you don't have a measurable objective input let's say i want a battery pack does that and somebody else is giving it to me at lower price than me i will i'm more than happy to buy so i think that is not happening today so i think the benchmark is set a little higher for let's say torque or all the other ev manufacturer that you want to become better than the ice vehicles it have to perform reliably let's say 10x better in every format for that to happen then you have to know what is going to go wrong and then you build for it if tomorrow somebody else does it for you better than you at a lower price then i might buy but i don't think that's it's it's a delta that will actually go on improving let's say go on imp 
increasing not reducing excellent answer so um let's talk about the challenges that the industry is facing right now uh, outside of the, the fact that you have to do everything <laughs> make everything yourself or import from the dark side as we're having to do for the moment um there's a myriad of people suddenly in this market right um you know what was three uh, e to uh, electric two wheeler manufacturers today is i don't know 2025 maybe and a large part of them are just assemblers importing from china pretending that is made in india i'm going to request you to take us through a journey of the next 12 and 36 months in terms of two aspects one where do you see the industry heading and how stock looking in 12 and 36 months from today so i think people have started buying vehicles last year so now they'll start realizing the problems on the vehicles or whatever good bad quality or worst quality that they've bought they will start making those necessary adjustment with their behavior where they can't adjust they will technically buy a better vehicle if they have the money there is a lot of word of mouth that will sort of set in in the next let's say 12 to 24 months that this is good this is bad this is ugly and that's how i think uh, the industry will perform so what the winners that you see today or losers that you see today or even let's say outperformers no necessarily have to be there the industry will change because in india you you don't buy the vehicle you actually you own the vehicle and then the family owns it you imagine your son going to off school and then he is late for an exam because your vehicle didn't work how do you feel about that company so i'll give you just one fundamental problem so i think that will become predominantly a word of mouth or referral problem from here on let's let's 12 to 24 months and i think we are focused there because we know i've been in this i'm on the buyer, i was on the buyer side for a lot of period of time from a motorcycle perspective so i bought many motorcycles and i've rode them and i've tested them and i've complained to the r&d and sent you numerous emails so i know how the customer thinks and and how the let's say a community thinks i won't say a customer because in motorcycle you say community thinks about a motorcycle so when you start looking at the community and they like it and they will sort of uh, refer it to their friends and family then you will see the growth uh, for torque i think we are just focusing on one part is can we build a great motor electric motorcycle so there is a scooter and then there is a let's say a three wheeler and there's a lot subsets of these uh vehicles that you can buy from and for your needs but there are guys like let's say you and me want to go to office in style and still want to be fast and doesn't want to compromise on anything and still want to save money and be uh, let's say the motorcycle extend the motorcycle extension your mobile phone those are my buyers so they are not uh 10 million right now so i am not worried about all of them i am worried about let's say a million buyers who are ready to buy an electric motorcycle right now so my subset is smaller your subset is smaller but when you look at the global market maybe it's quite big are you have you got the aspirations to be a global leader in electric motorbikes or are you still really being realistic and saying look get india right and then we can go out and have a look i think i still think india is the hardest market to crack so you should spend more time here well fundamentally i should spend let's say 23 hours uh, working in india i still think that uh, we are great exporters of two wheelers and if they can if we can carry that torch forward uh, and we are one of the companies doing that i don't mind but focus right now is in india because we haven't even scratched the surface the two well, two bigger market 
too tough a market uh, the requirements are let's say you solve for indoor you might solve for dubai <laughs> i don't know i'm just giving an uh, anecdote yeah if you solve for ladakh you might solve for some other colder countries and so if you if you can solve the problems for india you actually you are solving for uh, the world across so i'll stay with the question of industry players just uh, one for one more question before we move on Uh, and when you look at the e- uh, electric vehicle space today particularly in two wheelers you have a lot of new entrants doing new things and the legacy players were playing catch up then kind of try to catch up by either buying into these to the new ventures or trying to launch their own assembled product and it still hasn't the dust still hasn't settled you don't know whether the legacy players will be big on this or uh whether something else will take off it certainly looks if i was a legacy player and i looked at ether and ola i'd be worried um where do you see this landing in in 2 or 3 years i think electric vehicle as a subset will so there earlier what happened is i was telling somebody else uh, that earlier what you do is you make a one motorcycle and you wish that a million people or a, a billion people like it and then then you buy from them because you could not make the ice vehicle too fast to enough you had to make one one for, side fits all yeah. one side fits all now you can actually change that with electric vehicles you might be able to say oh i can change a little bit faster and this need is this guy and this need is this guy i think that mindset is at top so we might be one vehicle but it's a platform so i think uh, if it's not necessarily what happened earlier might help you uh, even the let's say even us so if you're looking and banking on said Oh, this data point is this, and this is going to happen tomorrow. I I don't think that is going to happen. Very good evasive answer on what's <laughs> going to happen to legacy players. So, um, when you talk about uh, EVs, the next question that comes beyond technology and you know local content is uh, range anxiety, charging. You've clearly gone for charging, not for swapping, uh, for obvious reasons. You know, you're making a premium bike. Uh, and when you look at charging around India, uh, the vehicle, uh, the four-wheel vehicles, have followed the European standard CCS2. But you know, when it comes to two-wheelers, it's a dog's breakfast. Everyone's doing their own thing. Aether is doing their own thing. Ola is doing their own thing. Some people have got uh, access to what Aether and Ola are doing, and others don't. You've had your own endeavor to create a Bharat standard. for to be less the government has its own plans and what is trying to do and you know as as with everything wonderful the road to um, disaster is always paved with good intentions so where are you at with uh, what you're going to do for talk with standardization and then let's talk about um, you know your own initiatives to bring the industry together and where that's at so we realized when we started doing this is this is a bigger problem to solve and then we might we, we are just let's say we'll be one of the player in this industry because it's not a winner take all the market so you have to let's say survive with 10 other oems or 20 other oems you don't know if you can make one problem simple is you can make the charging problem it's is universal so it is for me it is for somebody else and if you can make that solve so we started with that problem we solved it for us and then we realized oh this might be also solved for a three wheeler because we also are a three wheeler power train supplier and then we realized oh this also might actually be solved for a scooter company So we started talking to industry, and then we uh, we call it the Bharat Charge Alliance. It is not the standardization protocol on the hardware because we think everybody is sort of zeroed in into the hardware. But how do you after the hardware there is a protocol? How do you talk to that charger and the BMS and all that? And how do you pay for it? And can you interoperate? And so there is a second gen problem that we see 
is going to come and if we can solve it with uh, like minded people then you might solve it for and that's how i think we met and then said why can't we solve it for everybody and and so i think uh, we went on that endeavor and we realized the customer does not want us to wait so we've started now deploying our own chargers uh, very very affordable ones fast chargers uh but i think there is still the bharat charger alliance at work and they are doing their own work on and we started it but we are not the it's a democracy so there are other like minded very intelligent intelligent people working on it so i am i'm leaving it to them now to solve it for us so it's a dc fast charger it's a dc fast charger 3 kilowatt expected yeah. 3.2 kilowatt currently it is let's say limited because of the input that you can give uh, but i think tomorrow it should not be limited to 3 Uh, because there would be motorcycles and scooters and uh, three wheelers that should have uh, larger battery pack three wheeler already have 3x of battery pack of what we have so they will require let's say 6 and 10 and 15 and if the battery and the cooling happens they might require 25 i don't know so i'm just giving you an idea that there will be a ecosystem of dc fast chargers that should be an interoperable and you should pay uh, only use it when you need it otherwise you are charging at home 95% people are charging at home so how difficult would it be to make these ccs2 because it is such a big network of ccs2 uh, so i think ccs2 is for cars uh, for motorcycles we should coin a name but we don't have a name yet uh, uh, or two wheelers and three wheelers so it's not difficult if if uh, rnd people work together i am not even saying the there's a the ceos and the top bosses I think you have to get the CTOs to work together to make sure that this works. So on a scale of 1 to 10, how confident are you that in the next 3 years we will have a Bharat charge alliance or standardized charge for two wheelers? <laughs> really? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Wow. As as a what do you call as a start we should have 11 then let let it dial down to 9 and <laughs> excellent it'll be it'll be a complex process isn't it because everybody's launched already their own for example you know ola eta has you have and so harmonizing these and then what you do so if you don't have the hardware right i think it is going to be very difficult but you have let's say ola has the same hardware as stork and might be for simple might be for ultraviolet might be for somebody else and if they have the same hardware port then the protocol is much simpler so that is what bharat charge alliance usually works on it does not work on the hardware it doesn't determine the hardware right now because that's a very that's unique unique yeah. call that the r&d takes so you can't get in there but once you've taken that call that this standard actually works and this port this port works for me then we might come in and say now can we work together let's hope that that happens uh, i love your let's, confidence in this uh, um, you know you, you're an entrepreneur who has had the patience through this process and talking about patience uh, one of the things you said was you're running a marathon and you need investors with you who are patient and are running the marathon with you and um in some ways maybe you have that because in you know you've got amongst your investors your angel was ratan tata uh, also bavish agarwal from ola who came in twice i think in 16 and 18 and then your uh, series a was uh, bharat forge here um tell us about your funding journey and where you're at today and what happens from here you know when you ready so bahavesh came in very early i think very early when there was no electric vehicle uh, uh talk in india so we were like 2016 yeah it's like a, a piece of paper and we said this is the motorcycle that we will and he said okay try uh, that's what that was the idea i so think before he wanted to make an electric uh, yeah, scooter yeah very well. very early on uh, after that i think we took our route of saying we'll build the motorcycle premium and everything and then and he's on another route for mass uh 
बट आफ्टर आई थिंक आई थिंक द बिगेस्ट इन्वेस्टर दैट वी हैव इज भारत फॉर्च एंड दे हैव बीन वेरी काइंड एंड अंडरस्टैंडिंग थ्रू कोविड बिफोर कोविड आफ्टर कोविड दैट दिस विल टेक टाइम दिस इज अ मैन्युफैक्चरिंग प्ले एंड दिस इज नॉट जस्ट द टेक्नोलॉजी प्ले यू जस्ट कांट यू कैट जस्ट बिल्ड द टेक्नोलॉजी एंड शिप लैक्चुअली मैन्युफैक्चर द टेक्नोलॉजी एंड क्वालिटी एंड ऑल दैट एंड ऑल दैट सो आई थिंक वी आर वर्किंग ऑन दैट वेयर कैन टॉक वर्क लेट्स ए टॉक इज गुड एट डेवलपिंग टेक्नोलॉजी एंड सेलिंग इट एंड ऑल दैट and manufacturing is a big challenge it's almost like building building a factory building like a your own startup again it's almost like that uh, the only thing is now you know what you're building so so we said can you do it for us and that's how we was toiling with the idea let's do a contract manufacturing for the motorcycle because we lost some time in covid and uh, that's how we they came in and they said okay we'll build it for you uh, why somebody else so why can't we build it and then we said why not and that's how i think they've been very supportive uh, i think that's why they also believe it's a marathon uh, it's it's a quality marathon uh, so you have to build a great motorcycle first ship it let the customer speak for your motorcycle and then uh, so i'm lucky to have that because otherwise we'll have to run very fast so for me entrepreneurial journey uh, you know the future is fantastic that you've got someone you know as you said yourself fox contra apple you've got someone who's going to contract manufacture for you and they want to pay investors so um are you at the point where you're going to continue with this um or will you need further in you know series b series c eventually because of marketing where's where are you at with your with your funding journey we'll need more money uh, but that's uh, i think fundamentally for uh, the growth uh, and we want to get to let's say Uh, 72 cities and then another let's say 500 cities or whatever that number is i have not thought beyond 72 so <laughs> how did you come up with 72 <laughs> because we wanted to be let's say uh, what cities were selling the most and where is the subsidy and all that and there was a what do you call drop down menu and he said this is what is going to happen these are the 72 cities that we should sort of get into so the current focus is to get there and so i think at funding as when you're you're on the journey it's like somebody meets you and you like them and they like you that's the funding it does i we necessarily at the stage that we are we don't don't go go and look out for uh, capital as and we are going not we're going uh, massively fast so we know how much capital we have how, what uh, how are we going to use that utilize that so very fundamental uh, business model uh, it's not all growth it's also Uh, making sure that you have you know what's happening so you talked about subsidies uh, kapil what uh, how much of your business plan is dependent on subsidies right now i think it is dependent because the customer likes it more than us uh, uh, because the price of the vehicle are uh, let's say 40% lower than or 30% lower than what it should be but eventually i think if from you look from a standardization or let's say will the customer buy a little higher price vehicle yes i think so because if every you if you don't have a choice and you want to save money and have to be have reliable uh, competitive fast connected on all this vehicle there's no other option you can't buy a let's say i don't know hydrogen vehicle motorcycle right now so from a lack of option the only option is electric and if you have and from all the other options let's say buying it from emi ntco and you make all that journey the customer makes that journey it himself he looks at all the options and tco and is emi I think electric bike vehicle fits his bill right now without the subsidy also. So if you look at uh, uh, Northern Europe, Scandinavia, which brought about electric vehicles over the last ten years through subsidies, now the pendulum is swinging to the other side where the subsidies go off, but there's a penalty 
on IC vehicles and therefore the behavior is still driven towards electric vehicles because IC vehicles are, are progressively more expensive. Do you see that as happening in India eventually? I think that GST is already too high. On IC vehicles? Yeah, yes. Yeah, should, you should in, incentivize buying an electric vehicle or moving the industry there. So I think the PLI will help. Uh, I think there should be an, so I think the only downside of subsidy that I think is once there is no subsidy. So all the big players who are now selling the great quality motorcycle or electric two-wheeler are benefiting because there is a subsidy and they're building for it. So once you stop, it should be, they're incentivized to make everything in India and actually deliver a great quality because they're big brands and their name is at stake and there's word of mouth. Uh, so that is helping to build a great product. So I think that incentive should be there to build a great product in India at a price that the customer likes. If you take the subsidy out and it's all uh, the market that you can import now from any, any, anywhere, then it is going to be a nightmare. I think and that's the only downside that I see, but I think some there are brilliant minds working on it. Uh, so I don't have to worry about that too much. Super. Kapil, a large part of people who listen to us are young entrepreneurs mm -hmm. uh, who want to take the plunge themselves, maybe like you were 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, in the space of electric vehicle two-wheelers, there's still lots of entrepreneurs thinking about taking the plunge or have taken the plunge and, you know, now are, 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 are struggling through the process. What is your biggest advice uh, in 2023 to a young entrepreneur wanting to be part of the EV uh, sector? So I always think this way. You, you should find a deeper problem to solve. Go deep. Don't look at electric vehicles now because there's so it's a common problem everybody is solving and the big people are solving. So everybody's talking about electric vehicles. Don't solve that right now. So go deeper. Is there anything else that you can solve? So when we we started, there was no electric vehicles. So nobody is talking about it. Then you it's a, there was a deeper problem to solve. So fundamentally, you should look at is there a deeper problem electric vehicles to solve? There are there are many. So talk to the founders, talk to the people in the industry. You will find there are very deep problems that you can actually solve. And the potential to actually make a very large change is there, still there, uh, but not on the vehicle side. You can always build a vehicle. There's absolutely you can create. Uh, I always tell my people that there there will be somebody like us in Nashik or Nagpur building a better motorcycle than us, saying these guys are not doing the great product, and you should be worried about them, not the guys who are actually selling the motorcycles right now. So. If you can find a deeper problem to solve, I think there is value there. Don't just look at, uh, let's say, uh, startup karna hai and I want to be a founder and I, I want to be called an entrepreneur. I think that fundamentally everybody, everything will boil down to profits and uh, businesses run, run like that on capital. Well, I'm glad that the pendulum is swinging back to exactly that. A business in the end is about profits. It's not about burning as much gas as you can to grow. And I think with the funding winter that we have now and the problems that are happening with the finance sector, particularly in the US, but also in Europe uh, and its translation in India, we'll get a little bit of sensibility coming back into the market uh, in that, you know, any, any business you launch in the end has to make money. Otherwise, it's not a business. It's a charity. Um, so coming to the more mature end of our conversation, I want to ask you a question we ask all the talent that comes on our show. And I apologize for the very frivolous nature of this question, but it always brings about a very um, pointed answer. And the question is this, Kapil, if you had the opportunity to be Prime Minister of India for one day, just one day, and could make any decision to help faster adoption of EVs in India, what would that be? Solve the charging network now and take away the subsidy and give some other benefit for making India. 
Super. Kapil, it's always such a pleasure talking to you. You're an incredibly intelligent man with such refreshing clarity on your business. Thank you. Um, good luck. And I hope that your uh, scale of 11 on 10 to get the Bharat Charge Alliance working in the next three years comes true. We clearly are rooting for it as well. Thanks so much for making the time. Thank you, Ravin. Thank you so much. Thank you, team. I'm your host for this episode, Ravin Mirchandani. But I would not be here without the amazing Energizing India podcast team. Onkar, our podcast director and the man who makes it all happen in the end, much like a big fat grand Indian wedding bringing together the research data and attention to details all in the timelines to get the next episode out on time. Three Vikram, our podcast co-host and head of research, and Sunil, who along with me is executive producer of our program. The Energizing India podcast is an Ador Digatron production, giving a voice to the EV industry in India. If you enjoyed listening to us today, make sure to follow us on whatever platform you are listening on, whether it's Spotify, Apple iTunes, or our own portal, energizingindia.tv. Thank you very much, and see you on the next episode.